Welcome back, listeners, to Everywhere We Go, the home of all things FPL Draft. This week, let me introduce you to the third episode in an eight-part special on the World Cup. Me and Jose are chatting through all of the upcoming groups, bringing a tactical analysis along with an outlook on fantasy. Although FPL will be taking a break over the World Cup, I'm sure many of you will be playing the official FIFA fantasy. If not, then I'm sure we'll all be watching, even if you're taking a well-deserved fantasy break. This World Cup has really come around the corner out of nowhere, so listening to these will allow you to brush up on all the info about the teams. Don't know who Los Ticos are? Or want to know the background on Japan's tragedy of Doha? We've got you covered. Joining me in the room and throughout all these episodes, welcome Jose. Hi Will. How are you doing big man? I'm doing well, yeah. We're recording four podcasts today, um, doing the rest on next Monday. Um, so we've just gone through groups A and C. Group E is ahead of us. That is Japan, Germany, Costa Rica and Spain. Big group. Yes. Yeah, quite, it should be quite an interesting group. Um, so, Jose, you know, some uh, some historic teams here. Yeah. And um, they've scored some good goals in their history. Yeah. What's your favorite World Cup goal? Ooh, I'm going to go quite basic and the, with the goal of the century, the Maradona goal against England in 86, yeah. where he dribbles past the whole England team. If you haven't done already, I would recommend that you go on YouTube <laughs> and listen to the, the Argentinian commentary of that goal, because it's... It's amazing. It's just so poetic and it's just exemplifies the best that football can bring. I think. Yeah. For me, I'm going to go for the Gio van Bronckhorst goal for the Netherlands Ooh. against Uruguay. Uh, again, I, I feel like that 2010 World Cup, even though it wasn't the best World Cup, just holds a special place in my memory. It was like the first one I was yeah. like probably conscious of, I guess. Yeah, that was a great game. Uh, and that goal, I think as well with that goal, the camera positioning is perfect. Ooh. So you just see it fly in. Um, definitely do you think the Jabulani had an effect in that (laughs) potentially I mean I don't (laughs) want to cast any dispersions that was funny as well it's like we can't play with this ball (laughs) it's too round it was such a beautiful ball though I I, I think it's one of my favourite balls I know the question is not World Cup balls but (laughs) But if it was (laughs) Jabulani's definitely up there Uh, so yeah guys Group E is ahead of us Um, let's dive right in then Um, let's go for Japan first this is only the beginning How's Japan looking? They've got a tough group ahead. They do have a tough group ahead. And um, annoyingly for them, they're, they're a really exciting and um, an interesting team to talk about. They've played in six World Cups. Every one since their debut in 1998. They're ranked 24th in the world. Their top finish has been the round of 16, um, the round of 16 which they've achieved in 2002, 2010 and 2018. Their manager is Hajime Moriyasu. Uh, captain uh, Yoshida. That piece taker is Kamada and on penalties is Minamino in the absence of Osaka, who is injured. Yeah. So um, last well, last World Cup, they obviously crashed out in quite spectacular yeah. fashion. Yeah, they so basically they, they obviously lost to Belgium in a in a collapse. I think they were two nil up and they lost three two. Um some last minute goals. But they'll be looking to avenge that uh this time round. Um they're in good form. Since twenty nineteen they've lost three games to Oman, Saudi Arabia and Brazil. So, you know, decent. Um standard. As I mentioned in the Group C preview, uh, they finished second to Saudi Arabia, which is quite interesting. Um, But despite that, they were finalists in the 2019 Asia Cup, losing 3-1 to Qatar, who we mentioned. But so, yeah, they're they're in good form. However, the standard opposition is a little cause for concern in terms of how to contextualize how well they're doing. For instance, they won 14-0 against Mongolia 
and 10 nil against Myanmar in their qualifying run. Those are big results. Yeah. Stat padding, I, I think, <laughs> personally. Um, no, but I mean, you only, can only play the fixtures you've got ahead yep. of you. They've kept 14 clean sheets in 22 games since 2019 as well. So they're in really good form. The way they play is they play a 4-2-3-1, but they're very, very high-pressing and direct team. Interestingly, when they have the ball, they try and bait out the opposition uh, around the back and then quickly spring an attack from there when they when the other team tries, tries to press on. So with other teams in this group, Germany and Spain, that could work to their advantage. Hit them on the break. Yeah. When they're defending deeper, they settle for a 4-4-1-1, um, but they still maintain a level of pressing, especially from their attacking players. Um, as I mentioned, transitions are key for this team, uh, which they'll take which they'll aim to take advantage of a, of a high press. So do you think it will help them to have maybe played, because in the, they're in the same confederation as Qatar, and you mentioned that they, they've played them before. Do you think it will help them to have familiar surroundings? Yeah, I think so. Actually, interestingly enough, there's a, there's a, there's a thing um, in Japanese football, the tragedy of Doha. They conceded a last-minute goal to Iraq um, to, to put them out of the United States World Cup uh, in their final qualifier in Doha. Oh, wow. So they'll be trying to exercise some demons there, I imagine. Yes. And their manager, um, Moriasu, actually played in that game. Wow. So they'll be trying to, to take take revenge for this. And some players that will lead that charge. Um, Minamino, 7 mil uh, midfielder. He has 10 goals and 4 assists in his last 15 games for Japan. Yeah. And he's been getting more game time now at Monaco. He has been. Unfortunately, he hasn't really been returning that much, which is quite annoying. Mm. Um, in uh, so over nine games, he's only got one goal and three assists, and I actually feel like that makes him a little overpriced here at seven mil. Yeah, but um, aside from that, um, Furuashi, uh, seven million forward, has ten goals in twelve games for Celtic this season. Yeah, one of their big Japanese contingent. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he should start up top. Um, Kamada as well, five point five million uh, midfielder. Um, he's a set piece taker, and he plays in the ten role. Um, and Mitoma, as well for Brighton especially, has exploded onto the scene. In three appearances for Japan, he scored twice and notched an assist, so he's in good form as well. So the reason I bring up these players is because this attacking sort of quartet, um, as, I'm, as I've said, they're a high-pressing team and they should be involved. Think like a lead sort of, sort of, sort of press. Mm. So I think you could, you know, get in some of these players to, to bolster your attack. I mean, these, the, the, the fixes are hard, aren't they, though, Jose? Yes, of course. I, I don't think you're backing them to keep many clean sheets. Or get many of those defenders in. Since that collapse to Belgium last World Cup, they've I, um, they've they've basically banned a, a low block defence. <laughs> so I mean, quite reactionary, but um, I, I I think they could be frisky in this group. I like that. Obviously, yeah. Spain and Germany are playing well at the moment, but they've been through kind of dips recently. Japan yeah. Japan could be an interesting one to look at. But mentioning Spain, let's move on. Jose, Spain. Yeah, Spain. Ranked seventh in the world. They've qualified to every World Cup since 1978. They won in 2010. Yes. But how are you feeling about them this World Cup? Um, um, it's quite mixed because they they had quite good qualifying. They only lost one game with Sweden in their group. Uh, nice. However, they, they were not awfully impressive. Right. Uh, I feel like this team, it, it's... It's quite interesting because I feel like it's the transition from one generation to another. Yeah. So we all remember the the golden generation that won in 2010. Uh-huh. Uh, and out of, I guess, that side, we still have Busquets, who's captain and kind of stalwart of the team. Yeah. Um, Jordi Alba and Aspelicueta has been 
has joined the team and played quite well for them. Nice experience. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then they mixed that up with uh, a l- really, really um, extreme youth in the sense that they've got Gabby, who's one of the youngest players of the tournament, 18 years old. Wow. Pedri, 19 years old. <laughs> Ansu Fati, 20. What were we doing when we were 18, 19? Playing a lot of FIFA. Well, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Different standards. <laughs> <laughs> but what's their form going into this World Cup then? Um, so in Euro 2020, they lost in the semifinals to Italy in, uh, in the eventual champions on penalties. Yeah. But um, they in their group, they were second to Sweden and uh, progressed to the semifinals by beating Croatia and Switzerland on penalties. Mm. So it wasn't like an overly impressive campaign. Uh, I remember it being like, uh, they they got through again <laughs> and again, because I remember Morata was there just, just kind of missing every chance possible. <laughs> but they got to the they got to the semis, though. Yeah, no, they they did. It was it was in the end quite a successful campaign, especially considering the the youth on their side. Yeah. Um and recently in their nations game uh group, they only lost one game to Switzerland. However, they were again not very impressive. They scored less goals and allowed more than Portugal who finished second in their group. Right. So yeah, they their manager Luis Enrique, if you remember he managed Barcelona. Yeah. Um, he was appointed at the following the 2018 World Cup. But then he left it for four months because of personal reasons. And uh, when he rejoined for the Euros, picked no Real Madrid players. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people were not happy. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Uh, but as you can imagine, they play classic uh, 4-3-3 in Spanish football. Mm. They're in the 97th percent per- for possession and for forward passes per match. Oof. Uh, they have a lot of shots on target. However, they do not score a lot. They're only in the 55th percentile right. and only shoot at, at about the 24th percentile. That's quite concerning. Is that to do with their struggles up top, would you say? Uh, for sure, that plays a part, but it's also, it, it's just class, it, it's just uh, a result of the system right. where it's about keeping possession uh, more than actually producing chances in, to, to a certain extent. Uh, yeah. How, However, they they will get a lot of the ball. Uh, they press very highly and win a lot of uh, aerial duels. Yeah. So I'm thinking those midfielders for those um, specific stats for this fantasy uh, will be very valuable. Mm. Yeah. So what sort of players are you looking at in fantasy then? I I, I would generally really consider getting Sergio Busquets. Uh, so far this season or so far this year. He's in the 94th percentile for pass attempted and 83rd percentile for pass completion. Right, nice. Uh, and he wins about two aerial challenges per game. So he should be getting you those extra points in midfield even if he doesn't score or get assists. Yeah. And then uh, up top, I mean, I know they're struggling, but could you get Morata in? Morata's valued at 8 million. Ooh, I, th- I think that's... <laughs> it's a little steep. It's a little steep, but he will start for them. He He will be their striker. Mm. Um, if not, Ferran Torres might might also be playing a nine for them. Yeah, um, he's seven mil, so a mil cheaper. Yeah. Uh, if not, Pablo Sarabia. Yeah. He has been in flying form for Spain with two goals and one assist for the Nations League. Yeah. Uh, however, this season for PSG, he he's only started four games and he has not produced anything. So he would be a bit risky to pick up, but... There could be an option there. And then in, in goal, who are they going for? Um, Unai Simon has started every game. 
right. to them in in rec- recently. Uh, however, Kepa was playing really well for Chelsea, and he could he could come in. But I I think Unai Simon's been been imprinted onto the side. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of if you want to get their defense, um, any of the defenders, Eric Garcia and Pau Torres are expected to be flanked by Aspi and. Jordi Alba. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that. Pau Torres is just five point five million at the moment. Wow, he That's might a be a, a good, yeah, a good snag. That's great value. Um, let's move on though to another massive team. Let's go to Germany. So well, yeah, last World Cup Germany were quite disappointing. They were. And then the one before they won it. How do you think this campaign will align? Yeah. So in this one, they, um, so yeah, they, they're they're a World Cup, they're a legendary World Cup team, appearing in 20 World Cups, winning it four times in 54, 74, 90, and obviously 2014. They're ranked 11th in the world at the moment, uh, which is interesting because they, you know, they've got Hansi Flick in, um, and uh, they've only lost once in 15 games. 1-0 to Hungary in the Nations League. Um, captained by Neuer, who's been reintegrated into the team after, you know, a couple of years ago, they tried to move on from that, that World Cup winning generation, but then realised that they could, you know, do it simultaneously with bringing new players in. Um, Set-piece taker is Kimmich, who we'll get onto later, and penalties is Gundogan, who, um, again, is, could be a great asset. But yeah, so at the moment, they're, um, they're, they're, pay- they're playing really well. They finished top of their qualifying group with 27 points, losing just one game. Wow. Uh, the max is obviously 30. Uh, but they have not kept a clean sheet in seven games, which is quite alarming for me. Yeah, I mean they have played some nation league games against some good opposition, but it, it's it's still something to look at, and especially considering the caliber of team in this in this group. Yeah, Spain and Japan um, and definitely course, be one to watch out for. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when they're in possession, they effectively use a three-five-two. Um, Sani and Navri playing wide, but they also this is you know brilliant play from them. They also have the ability to pick the ball up in central areas, which makes them very very dangerous. Um, when they're facing low blocks, Kimmich is very is very well deployed in uh, in in placing passes through lines of defence, and then defensively they're a very high pressing uh, team. Obviously, a Hansi Flick team. Kim- is Kimmich playing in midfield for them? Yes. So it, the midfield duo, the pivots, are Gundogan and Kimmich. Um, Goretzka is also potential there. However, if they use Goretzka, it means it means they have to play Kimmich in a more defensive role. And the upside on Kimmich, I think, is just too high to put him in a more defensive role. However, that double pivot is is a is a potential weakness for them. Obviously, individually, Gundogan and Kimmich great players, but do you get the sort of defense defensive stability from Gundogan? That being said, though, they will play Nabry, and as he is on penalties, he's a uh, sorry Gundogan, and as he is on penalties, um, he's got five goals in his last eight during during due wow. due to him being the the penalty taker with three. Um, He's 7.5 mil, but Kimmich is 7 mil. I mean, that might be a bit expensive. However, with the passes completed, he has he completed 480 passes in the Nations League. Wow. That is a ridiculous amount. I mean, even if it's for passing points, he's a must-have, I think, in all teams. Also, obviously, set-piece taker. Through a lot of injuries to this Germany side. Um, yes. So the injuries are interesting. So Royce injured, which is disappointing. Werner injured. So in terms of going forward, I mean, there'll be a lot of pressure on Nabry and Sane to get points. Um, Havertz is 8.5 mil. Ooh, um, that's quite high. It's quite high. And he's got three three goals and two assists in his last eight games for Germany. Two coming against England. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointing league form, but he will start up top for them. Muller as well, um, 9.5 mil. Obviously, wow. um, 
He's got eight World Cup goals, the record held by Miroslav Klose with 16. Um, he's got three goals and three assists in his last four games. Well, do you think he's eyeing up the record? Well, uh, if they, I mean, it would be improbable now, yeah. but, you know, it's, he's, he's, a, he's his proven World Cup scorer. But no, yeah, so going back to the injuries. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned Royce being injured. Um, so, yeah, we could get, um, and with Werner, we could get Adeyemi coming in. Um, but I'm not sure if, he's, if Hansi Flick is the biggest fan of him. What could happen is we could see um, the Dortmund striker, uh, Mukoko, come in. Obviously very young. Very exciting player, though. 17 years old. I know. So we could see him coming in. Um, they're not on the game yet, but definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, so, so Germany, Germany are an interesting one. Defensively, um, we could see some Timu Kera, um, some Kera pickups. Um, he's 5 million. Could be a good defensive option. Um, and Raum, Rome as well plays uh, plays uh, on the wing back, so he could also be an option there. So this, despite their lack of clean sheets recently, you would still think they, they would be good options? I don't know if they would be the best options, but if you do have 5 million going, he's, he's, a, he's a kind of cheap defender. Hmm. Um, they could be good options. I think with the Germany team, you're probably going to prioritise those midfielders and those front three, I imagine. Uh, but moving on, guys, let's go to Costa Rica. So, well, Los Ticos. Los Ticos. So you found out, guys, Los Ticos are Costa Rica. Um, that's just the name that Costa Ricans call themselves. Yeah, themselves. Yeah. Cool. Any translation? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> just a little nickname. Um, Costa Rica, though, they participated five times in the World Cup with their highest finish coming in the quarterfinals in 2014. Yeah, that was an amazing run. Yeah, they were in a group with England, Italy and Uruguay. The first time ever three former champions had been in the same group and they managed to get out of it. Yeah, a lot of England fans will probably be heartbroken remembering that 2014 side yeah but no costa rica for costa rica was a highlight um they're the only central american country to have a win at the world cup which i thought was an interesting stat um obviously that doesn't include mexico um manager luis fernando suarez captain kayla navas um set piece you get set piece takers brian oviedo the throwback and on penalties is joel campbell oh wow for you arsenal fans yeah um they uh so for Costa Rica, they've not lost since November 2021, which is, which is good, you know, good run. Um, but they actually suffered back-to-back defeats to Canada and the US um, so before two, that. Two actually good yeah, so World Cup levels. They advan- yeah, exactly. They advanced the tournament through a playoff win against New Zealand, 1-0, uh, which is a good win. Um, one interesting thing is they have nine clean sheets in their last 18, and they have not conceded more than two goals in that run. So they're a very good defensive side. So they're a good defensive side. They, they're not going to lie. They play a low block. It's going to be direct play. They play a 4-4-2. Um, it's kind of standard low block style um, in terms of fantasy. Um, Kayla Navas, if you want to shoe in for goal, um, you know, he could be a he's guaranteed keeper and captain. Are you worried about him not getting that much game time for PSG? Not really. I think with these with these international players, with and especially when they're captain, they're, they're, yeah, he's a, a legend. Yeah, this is all they're going to be going for. Another potential um, asset is Anthony Contreras, who's five mil. Um, he'll start up top with Joel Campbell and could be a good third striker option. I mean, against these defenses, to be fair, I mean Spain, good defense. They're going to keep a lot of the ball. Germany, as we've mentioned, have been a bit leaky at the back, and Japan are going to press high. So there is a chance that um, they can see they can get some goals here. But I do worry about them. I think they're going to struggle in this group. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think 
I mean, obviously what they did in 2014, this will be the last World Cup for many of those heroes or players. Yeah. Um, so they'll they'll obviously be up for it, but they've, they've really got the kind of a really hard draw. Mm. You, yeah, you kind of feel for them. So another player to potentially look at, Brian Ruiz, you know, that... That magical player who could who could change a game, but yeah. it's Fulham be legend. Fulham legend. <laughs> so Jose, who's top in the group here? It's a tough group. Who are you going for? I think I'm going to go for Germany. Yeah, yeah. I think they they just have like a World Cup magic about them, apart from last World Cup, but. We can blame them. They were playing the mighty Mexico. <laughs> um, and as you said, Muller's like record in the World Cup is just exemplary. And I, I just think that they'll be too strong for the other sides. I feel like Spain are there to be for the, for the picking. Yeah. And yeah, it'll be an interesting competitive group for sure. Definitely. I think, you know, Japan could maybe be the dark horses if we move on to that part of the, of the segment. Um, they could be an interesting one, I feel. Um, but it's just tough to look past Germany and Spain here, realistically. Yeah. One thing to mention is that um, Spain beat Germany um, 6-0 a couple of years back in the Nations League, but that was pre-Hansi Flick. And I feel like he's really brought a new identity to this Germany team, and they're going to be really dangerous going forward. I think they'll be contenders for the for the whole bloody thing. He's been very Hansi. Ah. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, which, which, which player is your best pick for fantasy? Mine's going to be Kimmich, as I mentioned. A pass merchant, also very creative in that Germany side. I just think you've got to get him in there. It's quite funny. I think we, we both went for number sixes. Maybe <laughs> we're both allured by the new points yeah, maybe, system. Maybe. But mine's Sergio Busquets. I think he, he might be getting in those those high points for you. Even yeah. even when he doesn't score, which is almost always. <laughs> he never scores. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening to that group E preview. Um we'll be back tomorrow with the Group F preview, which is featuring Belgium, Croatia, Morocco, and Canada. Wow. Keep an eye out for that one. See ya.